0: From our nation's capital, this is Knapp's Chat.
1: I'm going right to down and write myself a letter and make
0: believe it came from you. Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of NAPSChat. Chat. I'm Bob Levy, the Director of Legislative and Political Affairs for the National Association of Postal Supervisors. During this past week, while the vote certification process and legal acrobatics relating to the presidential election continues, President-elect Biden has appointed four individuals to his U.S. Postal Service transition team. The team is led by former Deputy Postmaster General Ronald Stroman, former Associate Director of the Office of Management and Budget and Brookings Institute Visiting Fellow Xavier Briggs, National Association of Letter Carriers Chief of Staff Jim Sauber, and former Chief Technology Officer of the United States, Anish Chopra. NAPS looks forward to providing our insight and perspectives relating to the future vitality of an effective, affordable, and universal postal service to the transition team. Now, as NAPS chat listeners know, Universal Mail Service is a fundamental mission of the Postal Service, and we are privileged to be joined by one of the key congressional champions of a universal mail service, Representative Sam Graves of Missouri. Throughout his congressional career, Representative Graves championed postal matters, particularly those that impact rural America, including six-day delivery and protection of rural post offices. In addition, he supported legislation to provide fiscal relief to the Postal Service, including the House-passed Postal Fairness Act, which eliminated the pre-funding requirement for future retiree health benefits, and he supported and voted for the House passed Delivering for America Act, which included $25 billion in emergency pandemic-related relief. Congressman Graves is completing his 10th term in Congress. He currently serves as the senior Republican member of the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee. He also serves as a senior member of the House Committee on Armed Services. Formerly, Representative Graves chaired the Subcommittee on Small Business. Congressman Graves, welcome to Knapp's Chat, and congratulations on your reelection.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Now, I'd like to start with your background as a rural member of Congress who has been a steadfast proponent of a universal postal system. What does the Postal Service mean to a community like yours in rural America?
1: Um, well, it's huge, and and I have a. It's a very large district. It runs all the way across the uh, Iowa border from the Mississippi River to the Missouri River. Um, 36 counties, uh, very rural. I think two of them have suburban uh, components to them, and the rest are all uh, very rural. And, and it, it's vitally important. I have a large senior population, and those senior citizens depend heavily on the postal service. You know, whether that's medications or just correspondence, you know, they're very dependent on that. And so it's it's just a vital component to a rural fabric. You know, in the post office, in in each of these communities too, continues to be a a community center, if you will, and uh, you know, and something that holds uh, a lot of these communities together. So, you know, I, I can't stress enough, you know, the importance of the postal service in in rural America. My district being a classic example of that.
0: I, I would just you know be reminded of another uh, Missouri Congress person, member of Congress, who was a true champion of universal mail service and that was former congresswoman Joanne Emerson mm-hmm. um, so it's something is it something unique about the Missouri experience that provide champions for rural America I know Senator uh, Senator blunt who is is uh, in the leadership over in the Senate is also a strong proponent of uh, universal postal service
1: yeah it's it, you know and particularly if you come from a rural area members of Congress know exactly what the postal service means and, and if you come from a small town like I do too you you know who your postmaster is, you know, him personally and, you know, you can call him on the phone and it's, you know, it's just a much more personal uh, experience, you you know, than than maybe, you know, a lot of urban areas where, you know, it's just like any other business. You don't really know who it is that that you're dealing with, but, but everybody knows in a small town, everybody knows who their postmaster is. Everybody knows who um, the person delivering the mail is, you know, in many cases, you know, if you've got a package in, in your way, you know, they leave it inside. You know, it, it's just that's part of a, the, the rural experience.
0: Now, let, let's talk about a, a, a little town or a little city that's that you actually represent, which is St. Joseph, St. Joseph, Missouri. Could you talk about the significance of that city to the United States postal system and its history?
1: Well, obviously, in St. Joseph, and something we're very proud of is where the Pony Express started, and uh, which was obviously, you know, a big deal at the time. They— you know, the railroad came from Hannibal to St. Joseph, and, and it stopped there at the Missouri River. And St. Joseph was kind of the western edge of the, uh, or the, the edge of the frontier, I guess you might say. And from that point forward, it was, it was a, a long trek by wagon train to California, or you took a boat all the way around South America to get up to, uh, to California. And mail could take as much as 30 days to reach its, its destination. So they obviously started the, uh, the Pony Express. And, um, you know, which was a 10 day event, which was unheard of in those days. Um, it was expensive, uh, actually, but it was unheard of to be able to get a letter from St. Joe to Sacramento, California, you know, within 10 days. And it was, it was a Herculean task what, what they kind of went through to, uh, uh, to get that done and all the stations and the horses and the riders that they had to stage, um, all along the way. But, uh, we're pretty proud of that. And, uh, it's something that, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about and a lot of people come to St. Joe to visit the uh, the original stables.
0: It, it's interesting that uh, the problem with the Pony Express, among other things, was the lack of an infrastructure to get from uh, St. Joseph to uh, Sacramento or to San Francisco. Now, you are the ranking uh, member of the House Committee on Infrastructure and Transportation. Let me ask you this. How important is a, an infrastructure to a, a postal service that relies on roads and air transit to... Uh, Convey packages, parcels, and letters these days.
1: Well, it's it's obviously vitally important, and that can be, um, you know, a lot of mail moves obviously by truck. You know, mail moves by aircraft, and, and you know, mail moves by everything. It used to move a whole lot by by train, but infrastructure is a vital, you know, part of that. And everything in this country moves. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a a person or a service or a letter. Um, or a package, everything in this country moves, and it usually moves by multiple, multiple um, modes of transportation. Everything ultimately gets to the post office by truck. You know, it comes by truck, and and so those roads and bridges uh, are vitally important in that in that process. And you know, without infrastructure, the whole country you know comes to a uh, comes to a screeching halt. And you know, the postal services is, is no different. It's you know, it depends on that infrastructure. And I always say. Infrastructure is something that the government should do and should do well.
0: Uh, one of our most beloved novelists and journalists hailed from the state of Missouri. That was Mark Twain. He had a not-too-friendly relationship with the Postal Department at that time. He had a rather interesting relationship with the Postal Master General, uh, David Keyes, who was a former senator from Tennessee, just um, to be to be noted. Um, he was particularly outraged about the requirement that he had to put a street address on an envelope because everyone should know where everyone lived in a town or a community, and he didn't really like having to put a stamp on, it, on an envelope. You know, how times have changed, Congressman, since uh, the days of your uh, native son, uh, Mark Twain.
1: Yeah, it, it, it has changed a lot, and, and Mark Twain did. He had a—I mean, it was an ongoing feud, that, uh, that lasted a very, very long time. The uh, with the postal service. He was from Hannibal, which is the opposite side of uh, my district from St. Joe on the Mississippi River. But yeah, that's it's pretty. Um, it's something that, that people still talk about. Uh, you know, over in Hannibal, and, and uh, you know, it's one of those things that isn't widely known. I guess about Mark Trane. He's more known for, uh, you know, his books. Huckleberry Finn and and Tom Sawyer, but uh, he had an ongoing feud and and wrote about it consistently, which ruffled a lot of feathers. But uh, it's a you know it's an interesting story.
0: Interestingly, he was offered um, the position of postmaster of San Francisco, which he turned down. And he I think he worked as an intern or a staff person for a set for a senator from Nevada and they wanted to build a postal uh, a post office, I guess, in the mining town. And he said, nah, the community would le- needs a prison more than a post office because uh, he believed that the folks living in that town were illiterate and couldn't write.
1: It's an interesting story. It really is.
0: As, as I mentioned, Mark Twain expressed his frustration about the postal system. Uh, more recently, you lamented uh, on one of your ra- local radio stations, I believe KMA Radio, that it was unfortunate that the Postal Service has become political or political pinata maybe. When do you think that attribute or that uh, issue of postal politicization first began? Why did it happen? And what can Congress and the administration do to restore its nonpartisan flavor?
1: Well, the biggest thing Congress can do is just support the Postal Service. And we have members of Congress that, you know, work very hard to try to dismantle the Postal Service, which, you know, I've always said before, is one of our very basic you know, one of the very basic things that the government, you know, should do and should do well. And it's unfortunate that it has become political. And we kind of saw that raise its head up, you know, this year as a result of the whole battle over, you know, mail-in ballots and absentee ballots and being able to verify identities and that sort of thing. And, And the unfortunate part is the post office has been a, you know, they've been a whipping post for for some of those battles and and uh, and it just shouldn't be that way it's unfortunate that that happened and hopefully we're going to be able to turn that uh, uh, turn that back around and and uh, and we need to we need to continue to endeavor to get as many you know members of congress supportive of uh, of the post office it's a pretty easy thing to do in the rural areas but and, and it's not a democrat republican thing it, it's more of a you know just an ideological battle between members because most rural members are very supportive of uh
0: yeah, I mean, I would, I would just reference that you know, uh, representatives and senators from what I would refer to as big square states like Senator Daines yeah. up from uh, up in north Montana and uh, like Senator Senator Blunt from your state, you know, have large rural areas have been most supportive of the postal service historically. Uh, permit me to talk a little bit about you mentioned the election, the recent election in Missouri about. I, rec- I believe around 828,000 eligible voters cast their absentee ballots through the mail. It's my understanding that voter participation increased in Missouri from 62 percent in the previous president- presidential election in 2016 to about 66 percent in 2020. Generally, this reflects the same increased experience nationwide. Understanding that the Postal Service doesn't run elections, it just facilitates the con- the Delivery and the conveyance of ballots. How do you think the Postal Service did in performing that task of delivering and conveying ballots on behalf of your constituents?
1: In in Missouri, it's you know a fairly smooth process, you know, and it and it works very well. And it's we don't have uh, what you call early voting. We don't have necessarily you know in some states um, you have uh, just straight up uh, mail in ballots, and it's very hard to. It's very hard for the state to, uh, and in some cases that's by design, you know, to validate those ballots. And that's not the place of the Postal Service either. You know, they're, as you pointed out, their job is to facilitate it, you know, get the ballots out there and, and get them returned. But in Missouri, it's, it's a much easier process. It's just basically absentee voting. And if you're not able to participate on Election Day, then you can request uh, an absentee ballot. And uh, and obviously the post office they facilitate that because it is sent out in the mail and, and it is uh, returned the mail and so or you can go into the uh, the courthouse to request one in person but but uh, the post office plays a pretty vital role in that in Missouri and, and it works very well pretty flawless and uh, you know we're we're pretty proud of that uh, system some states you know again it's it's by design and that kind of goes back to what we talked about the politization politization of uh, the post office; it becomes part of the argument when the postal service shouldn't be part of the argument. All they are is a facilitator of, you know, that means of getting ballots out and getting them back. So it, it's unfortunate that it it ended up that way sometimes.
0: One of the criticisms that came about probably during the summer was that there were folks who alleged that the pulling out of mail processing equipment and plants uh, and uh, reduction in overtime and so forth could theoretically hamper the Postal Service's ability to actually deliver and convey ballots. Was that your experience in Missouri?
1: No, it it, it wasn't. Like I say, you know, the, the process works pretty flawlessly in Missouri.
0: One of the Items that you have been speaking about and, uh, in your, uh, I guess, in articles and press releases, and, and in fact, in, with regard to your co-sponsorship of legislation, six-day mail delivery, door delivery, the maintenance of a, the Postal Service as a governmental institution, is the importance is, – is we, where we started out, the importance of the Postal Service to communities like yours in rural Missouri – In your view, what are the keys to postal viability? What would you look for in a postal bill that could help save the Postal Service, if not put it on firmer financial and operational footing?
1: Probably, you know, there's a lot of important things out there that, you know, would do wonders to uh, help the Postal Service and, and, you know, at least to help in, in communities. And one of those is, you know, one of the bills that I've always championed is to continue with. Uh, Six-day service. I think that's vitally important. I think it's important. The more that you know, people depend on on the postal service, the more I think we need to make it um, accessible and and we need to make it make it viable. But one of the problems that hurts the the post office is we continue to see these restrictions that are placed on postal service by Congress, by you know legislators. And it makes it very hard to operate in an environment where you continue to put one restriction after another. I've always said, let's let the post office, the postal service do their thing. They know how to do their thing and do it well. And, uh, you know, let's quit putting roadblocks up, you know, just to try to uh, just to try to hamper them. So it's just navigating that constant series of, you know, one one roadblock after another, uh, which makes it very hard for the post office to do its job. And, and again, it goes back to in a rural community, um, the post office is vitally important. You know, we can't, and and, it, and it's different. You can't do a one size fits all. You know, what's good for the postal service in the middle of Los Angeles is much different than, you know, what's needed for the postal service in tarkio Missouri. They're two different things all together. And, and, uh, and some people have this idea of, one size fits all and and i think we just need to let the post office do what they do best (laughs) deliver the mail i
0: mean talking about that uh, talking about uh, not one size fits all particularly with regard to transport of the mail i mean out in rural america or in mountainous areas a different type of postal vehicle is necessary than one that delivers mail let's say in on the big island of hawaii or in new york city and uh The postal service, I guess, should not be hampered in its uh, ability to procure the transportation needs or or, uh, efficient vehicles to deliver mail for different communities.
1: Absolutely, and and that's changed over the years too. We see, you know, there's a lot more packages that are delivered nowadays than you know with the advent of you know people just buying online. um, So many of the things, and then even with the virus going on, more and more people are buying online rather than going out to you know to the to the store downtown or whatever the, the case may be. And so that, that creates problems when it comes to vehicles as well, because if you're carrying more packages, you're going to have to have a different, uh, uh, you know, a different vehicle than just that standard letter carrier, you know, that has the, uh, uh, the leather bag and, and delivering, you know, delivering letters. They're being asked to do more and more and more. And so every community, as you pointed out, you know, every community, every state, every geographic region is a little bit different and requires different, uh, you know, different infrastructure and, and different uh, uh, delivery
0: processes. I remember having a conversation with jo- Joanne Emerson about the necessity of having a bottomless coffee pot in certain rural post offices so the community could constantly <laughs> drop by and converse with the postmaster or the clerk at the, at the facility. I don't think that'll work in uh, in mid-Manhattan.
1: <laughs> no. Much different experience.
0: Let me... Uh, let me- Follow up on something you mentioned about roadblocks to viability. What types of roadblocks do you think the Postal Service um, is encountering in its uh, striving for viability?
1: Well, there's just funding is, is a big part of that, and the the Post Office is a government entity, and so the government has a responsibility to to fund the Post Office adequately so that they can do their do their job, and and that's probably a um, you know one of the biggest issues, one of the biggest roadblocks is just through you know, making sure that that the post office has what it needs to, you know, to get the job done. Instead of tying an arm behind, you know, the the Postal Service's one arm behind its back and expecting it to go out and and do its job, you know, we need to remember um, that it is a government-run entity and and it needs to be, you know, it needs to have the resources that it uh, it needs. Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, the post office and every other agency in the, the federal government can always should always strive to uh, be as efficient as possible. But, but if you're not giving an agency the funds that they need, and the post office is a great example of that. You can't expect them to, uh, uh, you know, to get everything done and do it as efficiently as possible. Uh, you know, unless they have those adequate, uh, that adequate funding.
0: Yeah, I remember having a conversation with former chairman of the uh, postal subcommittee, Mark Meadows, who left and went over to the White House um, as chief of staff about the concept of the the public service appropriation, which is in current law right now, and that is the Postal Service is permitted to request of Congress what's called a public service appropriation in part to help finance postal service in those areas that just simply don't make money, like in rural America, because the infrastructure necessary to deliver mail to rural America historically has been a bit more expensive than to... Population concentrated areas—is uh, that something that you're uh, that when you speak about financing is something that you would consider?
1: Yes, absolutely, um, absolutely.
0: Okay, Congressman, I want—I to know you have a very, very busy schedule now that you're, you're back for a very short, uh, actually not short, but a, the week before Thanksgiving. So I want to thank you for joining us on Naps Chat today.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
0: Again, congratulations on your reelection. Thank you. And to our listeners, if you enjoy NAPS Chat, please leave a positive review in the Apple Podcast Store. And more importantly, tell your friends to download our podcast and listen in. Be well and be safe till next week.
1: I'm going to right down and write myself and